Next thing you know, consensus happens. Lambo, gold-plated, drives up to consensus. Out walks a Muslim woman. Walks straight into the stage. Says, <laughs> I'm Satoshi, and here's the cryptographic uh, evidence that proves it. Mic drop, game-changing. There you go. And you know what? It's totally possible. All right, welcome to the Crypto Basic Podcast. Uh, today might be a little bit confusing because it's not a 101 series episode, but it does feature the host of the Crypto 101 podcast. We're here with Matthew Aaron, he, who is that host. Welcome to the show, Matthew. What's up, man? How you doing? Thank you for having me on the show, sir. No, thank you for coming on the show, despite me not understanding how time works. Time is a very tough dimension to work in. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It really is, because to try to schedule somebody across the globe, there's always an issue. Always. Yeah, you're you're in... It, it, we use Taiwan time. Are you in Taiwan? Yes, I'm in Taiwan. I'm in the south of Taiwan. Awesome. In a little I, city I didn't, called Tainan. I didn't write a question about that, but I'm going to get to... I'm going to have to ask you about that. Uh, I, wanted, I do want to make a confession, though. I... Knew about your show before we even started our show because we knew we wanted to do 101 series episodes. We wanted to talk about coins and kind of explain them ground up. And then Kareem sent me a link and he's like, oh, we, we're, it's too late. We, Crypto 101 is here. They're a big podcast and they already <laughs> do that exact thing. Uh, so we actually kind of decided to change our tilt and only make 101 a small part of what we're doing and also have other episode styles so mm. in a non-zero way you are at least a little bit responsible for how our our show structure ended up coming out so thank you oh no thank you i appreciate that i appreciate you not uh combating me for the name of crypto 101 yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's no way he trademarked this we're going in anyway yeah we're going in strong we're going in strong <laughs> and i have to sit there make fake lawyer letters cease and desist cease and desist <laughs> yeah where you copy you cc like somebody that's got esquire yeah. on the end of their name i've definitely <laughs> exactly. run that one before <laughs> i i know i've sent that to like a landlord where i just like copied a, a somebody who was totally a lawyer that wasn't a lawyer or whatever <laughs> all right anyway um so so here we are and i was gonna ask you first about how you or why you started a cryptocurrency podcast but now i realized i want to know why are you in taiwan as opposed to anywhere else what Man, what led a, you there that's a good question, man. And um, I've been in Asia for about 15 years. As my listeners know, I came out here in, into Beijing in 2004, 2005, started learning Chinese, uh, started going to school here, university. Then I just stayed here, started working. I was in food and beverage for a long time, worked in, you know, as uh, in nightclubs and restaurants and hotels as directors, general managers, just decided to stay here. And then after China, after about seven years in Shanghai, I had enough, man. And so I decided to finally do my MBA Came over to Taiwan, got a full scholarship. So I've been chilling here for about two years and hanging out, making the podcast, having a good time, learning a little bit about business and a lot of bit about crypto. I I am extremely envious. Southeast Asia, all of Asia in general is I've traveled a lot and somehow I haven't gotten there, even though everything that I love in life comes from there. So I I need <laughs> what, to. What do you love in life that comes from here? All of the food and all of the women are all my like they're all my top favorites uh come from <laughs> come from different parts different parts of asia so i yeah i need to i need to get out there sooner than later and all right so favorite I, food what is it uh well but my favorite food is probably like the japanese izakaya style soul food all right and uh followed quickly by sushi so that that's japan so obviously that's not in, that's not in your area but uh oh, yeah and, man, really we're, we're an hour hour and a half flight from japan yeah, well, which would be awesome. And although I looked into Tokyo, man, it is so expensive. It is. <laughs> I, I am not that rich, so it is it is tough. I I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do it at some point, but it's gonna be like it's gonna cost me the same to be four days in Tokyo as like two months in Thailand. Or See, something that's like the good that. thing about ta Taiwan is it was um, occupied by Japan for a long time, so there's so much Japanese influence here. You go to oh. Taipei, you can get some of the best Japanese food outside of Japan ever. That so you is can hit awesome. that up and it's and it's probably what a third or a fourth of the price that you're gonna get in Japan. That is a can you get fugu? I don't know because I don't know what that is, honestly. Uh blowfish. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> no that's on my bucket list. I need to take a date to get blowfish, but of course <laughs> she, she's gonna eat first. That way, you know, oh, oh, the, you, the, the food taster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course you go first. I 
I'm such a gentleman that I'll let you well, eat you first. You are, man. <laughs> How's that relationship going? Uh, <laughs> we'll see. I Yeah. Uh, I am very tough to be in. All right. So anyway, back to the cryptocurrency podcast. Enough about how I suck as a boyfriend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what what made you kind of decide to start a cryptocurrency podcast? Man, I think that we were all in the same boat, to be perfectly honest. Um, getting into cryptocurrency at that time that we started the podcast was, you know, March, April, May. We're, we're dabbling in trading, buying Bitcoin, trying to go on the Reddit, trying to go find places where to give you, you know, just some peace of mind to tell you to have somebody just not be an asshole to you when you ask what is blockchain where do i buy bitcoin is coinbase you know legit are they gonna scam me out of my, of my out of my money when i link my bank account just those simple things you go on to reddit and they're not, to be perfectly honest they were all assholes just complete yeah. you know it's, it's just it's just a cesspool of people just you know wanting wanting to just loving to bash the shit out of somebody they see an opportunity to school your bullies just pounding the crap out of you so made a podcast to do one-on-ones to help people get into the space, made a community, help people get into space. And actually there's a lot of people that started around the same time we did, you know, bad crypto did crypto cousins did Carter Thomas did, you know? So I think that it wasn't just crypto one-on-one that saw a need in the space. You know, everybody saw it. It was like, dude, this sucks. We need to help people get into the space so we can fuel this, this growth, this mass adoption. Mm-hmm. And that, you the started, only... I think about four months after, right? Yeah. In we January? started in about January. Yeah. So, yep. So it and and we were kind of born out of I was listening to bad crypto and thought I, we can do better and um, and kind of wanted to go from there because they didn't they weren't structured the way I wanted a podcast to be structured. So mm-hmm. and they were the only one that I was listening to. So that's that's where how we ended up. But yeah, very similar story to you're right. You, you knew that that was going to kind of be our story. Reddit is not the place to go if you are inexperienced about something, especially if you ask it in the wrong way, you'll just get murdered. murdered. And yeah, so I I I was I guess I'm kind of like all over Reddit anyways, and I I see that happen all the time, and I really wish it wasn't a part of that because I like I like that community in the way in the sense that you can get some great information there because of the upvote because of the downvote button really, but at the at the same time you can also find some really awful people because of the anonym anonymity of it, That's, yeah, of it exactly the anonymity will just you know people just like to hide behind it and just you know really just bully if they can you know they get they see their target they see uh, an opportunity a way in and especially a new person, man. It's kind of like, you know, that 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 doe a deer, a female deer that's born in the wild, right? Just came out and it's all vulnerable, came and walk, and you know, all the deers have to crowd around it to protect it. But there's no deers pr- crowding around us protecting us on Reddit. <laughs> yeah. just let the, the they just let the mountain lions go in and eat us and tear us to shreds. Yeah. If you would post on Reddit, hey, I like I got all my coins stolen from me from whatever exchange. They would just yell at you and tell you you shouldn't have had your money on an exchange instead of actually trying to help the problem. Now, given exactly. we we drive that point home a lot, but we would never that would never be our response to somebody of told you so. Ha! You shouldn't keep your money no. on there. Always Absolutely trying to help. Absolutely not, man. There's yeah. no reason to put uh, to put salt in a wound, especially in, in that kind of wound. You you know what's going to happen. We all know that exchanges are going to get hacked. Something's going to happen. You're going to lose something. They're going to go shut down. We don't know. Government's going to come in. And when that happens to somebody, it just sucks because I, I think everybody, everybody that's listening to this, including, well, probably you and myself have a little bit of coin in an exchange. I don't mm-hmm. have enough to make, you know, to kill me. I have enough to go trading. I have enough to, you know, if I want to sell really quick, but not everything's in a wallet and it would suck if I lose it. I'll be pissed, man. I don't need the salt in there. I know better. I know I know better, but I'll be pissed. Mm-hmm. Our our rule of thumb is if it would, if it would depress you to lose the money then don't keep it on like whatever amount would not depress you. It's okay to leave that on there. But if losing it would be like, you know, and really affect your emotional state for weeks, then yeah, you should probably be keeping that off. And that's different for every person. So, so we don't want to say, you know, keep a hundred dollars on there, keep a thousand, keep 10,000. For some people losing a hundred thousand dollars might not really matter that much to them. Maybe like, all right, well I wanted it on there to trade. I lost it. That's all right. I'll just keep going. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, all right, so I'll, I'll go. I'll go on to the next question. I love that your origin story is is kind of the same, similar at least to to ours, and that you're a part of our origin story. <laughs> but uh, if you could pick a person that you interviewed or your favorite episode that you've recorded so far, if I don't know if you like have that off the top of your head, but if you do, what would it be? Man, actually, that's a good question because it's 
a normal question for a podcaster. I think that we both are in the same, again, in the same boat as being podcasters. We come across so many interesting, amazing, brilliant people that we you know, interview daily on our shows that you can't really just classify them into one, which one's a favorite, but there's different people. And I think that for me, it's like you have these different personalities. You know, the personality that's going to be your bro, your BFF from the first sentence. You're like, that's the dude. For example, me and you have both had a uh, Rob on the show, uh, Rob Viglione. Uh, oh yeah. Rob's Zen, awesome. Right. Dude, like from the first sentence, he's like, Hey bro, I'm sorry. I'm two minutes late. I was out buying craft beer. I was like, <laughs> this is, I'm like, man, I'm in love, dude. We're, we're friends, man. I, I, I know it. We're friends. <laughs> I love craft beer. So, you know, like from the get go, you knew he was going to be like a bro, right? And, and, he, and stuff. Taylor Monahan, from the first sentence, you just knew she was going to be a bro. Just hang out and it's going to be an amazing conversation. Then, you know, there's other people that, you know, are really more professional. They're great conversations, brilliant. And then there's the other people that are just like, from the first sentence, you know, they're smarter than you way smarter yeah. than you and you just have to you know buckle down drink your your pot of coffee and, and try to hang on for this ride that you're going to be on of trying to keep up with their brain <laughs> it's just so there's so many different people in you know the space that i can't pick a favorite but every episode and every person i get to know is amazing but i think my favorite episodes to be honest are the ones that i, I put together without anybody with me it's like for example like my story of how i got into cryptocurrency 13 stages of emotions and my anniversary episode uh, after. So what I did for the anniversary episode is I spent like 40 hours taking bits and pieces from 166 episodes and putting into one show to like go through the timeline of the evolution of crypto 101. And to be perfectly honest, uh, it's the one of the most not finished podcasts. Like, oh, like people start it, only 20% finish it. Opposed <laughs> to like, you know, 80 or 90% for other shows. So it's like, well, I just wasted 40 hours of my life putting that together. But hey, it was fun. Uh, we thought about doing something similar for for coming up on our we thought about a hundred hundredth episode then we thought about a year and I was like that would take so long I I don't see I, could, I don't think I could see myself doing it and I'm I'm glad you did it I now want to listen to that episode and I'm also glad you just told me that it was only twenty percent listened to <laughs> no so, it, so the the numbers were there it's just but everybody started it and just never finished it so I was like okay if you listen to ten ten minutes of the episode and then just just fuck off for the most part so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But no, it was, but, it, honestly, it's one of my favorites. It was really fun to make. And honestly, for for personal and professional, it's really interesting to see where my where I started when it came to production quality, um, where it came from my thoughts, who I was respecting the space, how that changed over the time and 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 just everything in general, how how you know there started all of a sudden ads were starting to pop up, all of a sudden guests started to pop up, and it was just it was just super interesting. I will say that you mentioned your uh, how you got into crypto or your motivation behind getting into crypto. That episode that episode was one of the ones that I was able to listen to before I got you on the show. And the I, I was saying before we even got on air, the way you told that story and or both of those stories and the the way you kind of gripped the listener for that, even though it was just you, there was nobody else there, was awesome. That was one of the most uh, uh, most into a podcast episode I've been in a long time. So if you're listening to this one and you want to check that out, I'll label it Matt's motivation in the show notes. So you can click there and go check that one out. That was, it was actually a, it was reasonably short, right? Like 20 minutes yeah, and about 20 minutes. Yeah. And it was really, I, I don't know how indicative that is of all your style. Cause there's a lot of episodes that I have not listened to, but it was, it was still really well done and really good. And, uh, and the story is a very emotional story. So, Check Thank that you, out I really, for sure. I really appreciate that. I, making that one was really hard for me. Something I really want to tell people for a long time. I've told I'll, just a couple close friends about how crypto could have been a game changer in those situations. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's one thing that we always keep forgetting is the utility of of crypto. What we're tr really trying to do. We're talking about you know mass adoption. We're talking about you know Lambos and moons and money and ups and downs and bulls and bears and shit like that. But we never really stopped to think about the average person, the bartender, the truck driver, shit like that. Things that happen in their day to day life that crypto actually could make their lives better. We have and we don't frame it in that way. And, I, and so I really want to put that out to say, look, this is some shitty things that happened to me. And if crypto was there, it might not have been so shitty. Right. Yeah, that's people do lose sight of really what we're trying to do here, because that your your motivation is a micro and I. And the reason I'm not uh, actually telling what that story is because I cannot possibly do it justice. You really do need to go click and listen to it. Um, it, it is worth it is worth your time, listeners. Uh, but I'll say that 
it's a microcosm of the rest of the world. This was born out of a need and out of a very specific problem. I've heard people say crypto is a solution to a problem that doesn't exist and they're out of their mind. Like there is clearly a problem that exists here that is being fixed. Multiple problems. I mean, if you want to talk about data or or um, identity or just transferring money across borders, there's multiple problems that blockchain cryptocurrency can solve. But people mm-hmm. just want to just ignore it and just talk about some bullshit. Ponzi yeah, scheme. They- <laughs> First word they're going to say, Ponzi scheme. Where's the Ponzi scheme? I'm talking about transferring money across borders for pennies. Every time somebody says like crypto is a Ponzi scheme, I, I do give it my best. I'll say, look, I'm going to explain to you why it isn't. And as long as you're willing to listen, like if your mind's made up and you're going to tell me it's a Ponzi scheme, regardless of what I tell you, I'm not going to do it. But if you're interested in learning how that can't even be true, as far as Bitcoin is concerned, at least, then I I will take the time to explain that to you. And I have I I would say that anybody who's gone A to Z and learned at least what Bitcoin is and heard me explain it and heard me kind of attack their different misconceptions. I don't want to say attack, but address them. They, they. I, I don't want to say they become believers either, but they at least see that we're right. You know what I mean? Like there is a, a very specific need for this, and mm-hmm. I am. I feel like you have to feel the same way. I'm super excited to be part of this, all the way going to the future. Like I, I'm really excited that five years from now we might be doing like our eighth episode together or twentieth, and we're like, <laughs> man, remember when we started these podcasts five years ago? Now we got all these whippersnappers in crypto that think they know yeah, it, but these, they don't. All these young bucks getting in here, they going yeah, back crypto, to all of our one hundred and one. In crypto years, we'll be like like 150 at that point right like in five yeah, years bro, we're gonna be out in retirement man people are gonna <laughs> try to off us <laughs> make make way for the young people get out of here you old folks what is yeah. it homes <laughs> retired podcast home <laughs> it's just like crypto youtubers and podcasters all together talking about the good old days yeah good old days you see us with this bad crypto <laughs> podcast laura's shin box mining all sitting there like you remember back in the day <laughs> Or that, or we'll just be at conferences, like going around making a bunch of money. Let's do that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Possible. <laughs> so speaking of making money, we're always we're always struggling to find ways to monetize our podcasts, and we know we can like pick random scam coins that email us twenty times a day and say, "Hey, we're this. Can we come on your show? We'll give you a thousand dollars or whatever." And and we tell them no. You have found an, a what I consider to be a unique way, as far as like other podcasts. I haven't seen anybody else do this. That you you wrote a book. Uh, I don't. I assume it's an ebook, but it could be in print as well. Probably one of those. And uh, I don't know if it's was it entirely ebook. I could be misrepresenting that. No, no, it's an ebook and print. And uh, yeah, you can buy both. Yeah, that that seems cool. Like, what makes that book unique for your listeners? Like, why? Did, what makes that? I, I mean, I don't want it to turn it to, into a giant commercial, but it was it was cool to see that, and I wanted to kind of know what what the, uh, the the value pitch there was. I guess. Well, well, actually, that's a that's a good question, but I'm gonna have to um, put this into back it up a little bit. We didn't monetize it, the show because of the book. The show was already monetized by ICO 101, and we actually had a problem, the same problem you had, and I. I this is honestly we I did this show for six months without making a dime without having an editor without having a blogger just all with like you know us volunteering me editing the shows and stuff like that now mm-hmm. there's a team of editors that and I, and I thank God for them um, <laughs> <laughs> but and a team of, and a team of bloggers and, and, and Yonki and like you, that you talk to but it was it was just what you're talking about it's like how do you how do you have a show keep your integrity? And not shill shit coins that are going to pay you to be on the show. Because no, I can't do that. So we created ICO 101. It, what it is, is coins will pay to be on the show. And if they're sponsored. And Aaron Paul, who's the host of the show, does an amazing job of asking them questions. What's going on? Where are you raising the funds from? Why do you need so much money? How much money are you getting? And how does this affect the average consumer? And at the end of that, they get their brand out. And they uh, they explain their, their product. And... Um, and then they can people can make their own decisions of if, if it's legit or not. Sometimes we had coins on that maybe didn't sound so legit. And sometimes we made great friends. There's a couple guys in, in the space right now that are amazing, that were on the show, ICO, that just are just amazing people and have amazing projects. So that's kind of like how we monetized it and we separ- made a separation. Of course, we have, you know, ads and things like that within Crypto 101. And the, but the book was just for you know an education purpose, and we of course we're of course we're selling it, and of course it's going to help uh, crypto one hundred and one maintain itself and grow. But what we wanted to do with the book was stop with boring conversation, 
Mastering Bitcoin is one of the best books to learn Bitcoin ever written. It is a snore. <laughs> it's a snore, yeah. man. Um, but it's, it's amazing. And, and Andreas is amazing to watch and listen to. And there's so much good content out there. But either it's going to be too technical, it's going to be a, a snore or, or, or what have you. Or it's going to be just, you know, talking about history and the people in the space or, or things like that. What we want to do is we want to take all the people, all that all out of it and just talk about the story, about the average person like me and you, how we got into the space. And we follow Johnny and Johnny's the character in the book. He's also a part of the Crypto 101 team. He's a, he's a stick figure, but his name is Johnny and his <laughs> family and his friends go on a journey from him learning about Bitcoin, learning about, uh, you know, getting into it, buying his first Bitcoin on on like what Coinspace, not Coinbase, but Coinspace. Coinspace, yeah, and totally not the same thing. Co- totally not. But you know, linking up his big, uh, his his bank account, wondering if it was going to be safe, wondering if he was going to be scammed, and then going with his friends to you know FOMO the hell out, buying ICOs, losing some money, and going through this whole journey of emotions and his family and his friends of how they got into Bitcoin until the end of the book. Where so basically we're telling a, a Socratic style of education. And with Danny Sound from Decryptionary, we just define all these technical terms and slangs along the way. So it's like blockchain. We'll have a little guy up there with a, with a bubble that says, you know, hey, blockchain is this. There's a glossary in the back of the book. They can go in links to episodes, of course, of the podcast and decryptionary.com. So basically, it's a big story of education. And I think that's what's going to be what's going to be great for people is when they pick up the book, it's for the mom, the dad, the kids or whoever wants to learn about blockchain and wants a good story to go with it. That sounds awesome, and that was the unique thing that I was that I was thinking about. Like, you've got a guy going through life doing exactly what we, you, everyone did, and you're putting that experience out there for somebody who wants to. They'll identify with all kinds of different parts of that, and then the parts that they might not have experienced yet, they're going to be like, well, I'm excited to learn about that. That's super cool. Brent, let me ask you a question. Did you ever FOMO and buy something at its all-time high? Yes. In fact, I bought some coins from one of the other hosts at its all time high and he bashes me for it. I bought <laughs> I bought uh Ryblox before it was nano from Mike. I was I like had cash. We we'd been playing poker and I was like, you know what? Let me get five hundred dollars worth of uh Ryblox from you. And I like bought it at thirty eight dollars a coin or something. <laughs> and oh, that comes man. up constantly. <laughs> okay, there you go. So, so even in, at the basic, I could just put put out random questions to almost anybody in the space. Have you FOMO'd? Have you FUD? Have you dropped a coin because it was dropping? Remember when there was the China FUD came out and Neo went from like sixty or seventy bucks to fourteen dollars in an hour or two? Yep, I dropped it at eighteen. Like, who, like how many people did the same thing? Dropped it at eighteen. What happened? Dead cat bounced, bounced back up to twenty four. Stayed like that until it bounced back up again. So it's like everybody who's been in this space or is going to get in this space is going to go through these things. Everybody's been through them. So let's read about it before you go and start putting 500 bucks into it and do the same thing that everybody else has done. Yeah, that's that is a really cool tilt for for a book. I'm excited about it. I'm I'm excited to I I, I might actually just be purchasing this. You, that I was a perfect so, sales pitch. <laughs> Please, man. Please. So um Anyway, that I'm, that that answer surpassed my expectations. I was super I was super happy about that. All right, so I'm gonna I, I'm gonna put these a little bit out of order. I meant to put this one question at the end, but uh, other other than the obvious, Satoshi Nakamoto, do you have a fi- like a figure, a person, a group that you have the most respect for in the crypto space so far? This might be cheesy. It's not going to be like one person. It's not going to be anybody famous it's going to be the average folk dude like you like uh like, like the people that go out and they do shit you know it's like everybody was everybody sits in the okay so every, every once a month i have a listener episode and i get listeners from the show and they come on and they talk about their journey into cryptocurrency i like to hear about the people what are they doing in it did you did you fomo did you lose money are you making money what did you do last last listener episode i had a guy come on and he said yo i'm inspired by your show on your show, you always say, if you want to get into the crypto space, now is the time to do it. No matter what skill you have or what hobby you have, you can go somewhere and find out how to get in there. You like designing? Design for ICO, design for a company, design for consensus, who knows? If you like writing, write, write for a medium, write a blog. If you like talking, make a podcast, anything you want to do. This guy came back and said, you know, I was really not confident about it. And I submitted a blog or a paper I wrote to 21 Cryptos. They published it. Then they published another one. And now he's on their writing staff. 
And that's the shit that I like to see. It's like somebody went out there and I don't, they don't have to be inspired directly from Crypto 101, but they went out there and said, I want to be part of this. They did something in it and now they're doing something in it. And this is what we're all doing. This is what me, me, what I'm doing, what you're doing, right? We're here to inspire people because we know the benefits of cryptocurrency. Instead of sitting on your hands, waiting for it to come to you, waiting for a Lambo, go out there and create, make something and make this space happen. Be part of the mainstream stream adoption. These are the people that I respect in the space is the people that went out there and did it. That is a really interesting tilt, uh, interesting tilt on that question. And it makes perfect sense because in the end, whether this collection of coins or or networks or protocols succeeds is going to be off of the back of the of the average person going into the space and getting it done because they're they're the ones that need to be spending on a daily basis they're the ones that need to be using on a daily basis Uh, john mcafee isn't really gonna drive crypto adoption so much (laughs) you know that's they're all everybody yeah everybody has a big voice is part of that I mean, that's actually what one of your questions that you said, what bothers you in the crypto space uh, <laughs> is that, you know, we have a lot of great people with and I'm not, I'm not going to say uh, McAfee with this. I just got <laughs> off the off an interview with him yes, last night, actually. Oh, and, my God. So, OK, so I definitely say a lot of bad stuff about him, but he's like the <laughs> yes, best kind of crazy. <laughs> and I would love to interview the guy like he would never he would never do with us, especially if you listen to any episode where he said anything bad. But the, <laughs> I would love to interview that guy. I'm jealous. I'm actually surprised that he came on the show because the past three episodes, our guests said bad things about him. I mean, I'm not going to edit that out, but they're like, yeah, you know, one guest, and I can't remember who it was. I think it was uh, somebody from Blackstake. They said said on the show, they're like, yeah, so we went on this cruise to watch uh, two people, two of our famous or famous influencers, two people that we really respect in this space, give, uh, give keynotes. And he's like, when we got there. They were crap. We and we were very disappointed in our in our influencers changed it very immediately. And he said one of them was uh, John McAfee and the other one was Ronnie Moez. <laughs> so he was, <laughs> so I was like I was like I was like oh can I put this? I I, I, I talked to the team. I was like should I keep this in here? And he's like yes, yeah, their opinion. Yeah, it's their opinion. I don't know, but yeah, no, he was an amazing guy to talk to. Honestly, he was he's he's concise. He's smart. He's he has his his ideas of way to look at things. I I just don't I don't see why people don't like him. <laughs> he so uh, it, it's interesting to me that he doesn't that he didn't do a great keynote i would see him as a compelling speaker that is that's kind of like when he talks he's super interesting to like listen to him talk or maybe decipher what he's got going on behind the scenes in his brain as he's saying what he's saying so he's he's really again i i've listened to interviews by this guy and i love him i just don't like that what I I don't like what he represents in the space as far as like two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a tweet and that kind of thing. I feel like those are the negative things in the space. But I I would lo- I would absolutely love to interview him. Have you pu- have you published that interview with him yet, or is it still in the backlog? No, it's still in the backlog. Uh, it, it should be out in about two weeks. Uh, that's I I, right now. I'm yeah, really it was, excited. It was, it was a good time. Aaron Paul and I sat down and we and we talked to him. It was a little bit late for me. Um and uh yeah, but it was it was a, it was a good time. What we want to do is we just want to get you know the one hundred ones on on John. And I think that when people get on get on the show, they want sparks and fireworks and drama and shit like that. And I was just like, look, you can put you can see a tweet with him of him drinking you know scotch in the morning and you go oh what a dickhead right but to be perfectly honest how many people actually know about john who actually has said you know who is this guy tell us about yourself things like that so it's not a big you know drama fest it's basically just us going through saying hey 101s man tell us about yourself how what was your upbringing like what, what do you think what do you feel how do you like life man and then you know and then we went from there so i thought it was, it was a really fun conversation getting getting behind the Getting behind what makes John McAfee John McAfee would be extre- an extremely interesting tilt, which I don't think, you know, any – I can't think of any of the interviews that I've listened to him where somebody took that approach where they want to know like I, – I would I would want to hear him just talk about what I consider the most mundane things like – <laughs> like what you know how do you decide which scotch you're gonna drink in the morning and then have him go on this 15 minute rant about how he was in the hills of scotland <laughs> and he he was doing magic mushrooms with uh i don't know a barrel and i i feel like that would be this awesome i mean i don't know if that's the experience you got from him but that's just how i feel like it would it would come out to well I ho- hopefully you listen to the show and uh <laughs> No, I'm def- I'm 100% checking it out now. That's uh I uh, like I I I subscribed on everything I could sc- subscribe on. So you got like five subs out of me. But the uh I 
I'm now super excited to get that notification that he's on there because I like right I remember on, right when on. like Bad Crypto had him on. They did ask him about his penis, but otherwise they were asking him kind of a, a few dumb questions. So, uh, and I'm still thinking he's got a way to get out of that. I feel like he's got like something that's named, or I can't remember how he said it, but he's got like something that's named penis or named dick or something like that that he's gonna cut the top off of or something and see like hey see i did it i don't know <laughs> we'll, we'll see we'll see I, I i don't think he's gonna go through with it and hopefully he doesn't have to because the bitcoin price goes up so yes that, that would be my preference my preference would be That's he gets to go out there and show everybody that he would have done it but they he doesn't have to because because bitcoin's price went through the roof so <laughs> i so yeah i definitely ag- agree with that so I put this in here as a specific question, even though we've kind of already talked about some of this, but which at like which aspect of the space excites you the most? And that can be a specific use case or it can be something more overarching like we've already like we've already spoken about. So uh, I was I was wondering if there was like an easy answer for you. Bro, it's a very easy answer. The easy answer is the unforeseen is the most exciting thing in the space. We have no clue what's going to happen tomorrow. Who's going to get hacked? When's the next bull? Is is the Bitcoin going to drop below five thousand? Is it going to two thousand? We have no clue. Who's Satoshi, bro? Imagine this. <laughs> Just imagine this. We wake up in one morning and Satoshi coin starts to move. Holy shit! Next thing you know, consensus happens. Lambo gold plated drives up to consensus. Out walks a Muslim woman. Walks straight into the stage. Says, <laughs> "I'm Satoshi, and here's the cryptographic uh, evidence that proves it." Mike drop. Cha- game changing there you go and you know what it's totally possible yeah we have no clue what is going to happen tomorrow in this space and that's what i love about it is it's it's very unforeseen we don't know what what's going to be the ethereum killer we don't know if it's going to be bitcoin or bitcoin cash we don't know it, if monero is going to get sued by the government we have no clue we have no clue so i would I love, love about it. that to happen but in the middle of a craig wright speech <laughs> or or Craig Wright keynote where the, 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 she comes up and and like takes his mic, says it, and then drops it, and he's like, "But wait, I'm Satoshi." <laughs> <laughs> so Craig Craig Wright Nixabo was sitting at a bar. In walks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's the, uh, the Nick is the one that you know in in my mind is the closest, most likely representation of Satoshi. That so mm. I've I've said I've I'm definitely interested in the things that he has to say so so if i would love to walk into a bar with him grab a craft beer with with rob on the way over show show up your private jet comes in from taiwan and we're good to go what what about what about hal do you think he was satoshi i i mean i don't i don't know i don't know if nick's satoshi either but but i i know what i i know what i subscribe i know what i subscribe to as far as the most likely scenario and most likely is nick zabo i i I admit and nobody would be surprised, but I think that I hope that we would be surprised. Like I said, I wanted to be a Muslim woman from Saudi Arabia, never drove a car before, got rich off of Bitcoin because she created, came over here, bought a Lambo, and now is like driving cars all around, runs for president, first first woman president too. Go ahead, Satoshi. Uh, honestly, if if whoever Satoshi is ever became a known figure and ran, they could probably they could run for president super easily i mean there's nothing well, funded themselves for all, all day, yeah. day man they don't need to raise any <laughs> they don't need to raise any money from super packs they're in they're they're gonna go yep. just toss a few coins around uh all right anyway, so yeah, that's that's my that's what excites me about the space man is it's the unexpected and you can just think about any kind of crazy shit in your mind and you know we've seen too much crazy shit already so we just know that anything could happen tomorrow anything can happen and you know, when, when it does happen, our podcasts are there to, you know, ho- hopefully get some good interviews and good content out of it. Yes, exactly. We get to learn about it, too. And we get to cover it. Think about the the regular tech industry. I, and I'm saying regular, like like crypto's not tech. But but think about kind of the Internet, email, everything that's come from that direction and how many unexpected twists and turns were taken on the way. Like, you know, you you would if you even if you look back at the. The AT&T, like, you will commercials where they get a lot of things right, but a lot of things they're, like, hilariously wrong on. Mm-hmm. Where they, I, I don't know if you've seen those, but they'll show you, like, transponders and cars for toll booths. But in order to use them, <laughs> you have to, like, put your credit card into your dashboard kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And or they'll show you a video call, but it's a video call from a payphone, which is kind of funny <laughs> because, like, payphones aren't a thing anymore. But right. it's so unexpected for who 
who could have predicted the iPhone? Like, I don't know. Like, the iPhone was super revolutionary when it came out. There's, man, when I got my first computer, man, I had the I had the disc from AOL with a thousand free hours. I, yes. I spent those and had to go find my friends for their thousand free hour disc. <laughs> up on my computer, <laughs> try to hack AOL so I, I could watch my LimeWire streaming porn downloaded at ten kp <laughs> kilobytes of a second. Yeah, LimeWire, the, the living virus that was LimeWire. That, yes, uh, man. Because nobody had come up with BitTorrent yet. So <laughs> so we were stuck with really crappy replacements for Napster. Yeah, there's... And it was slow, man. A song took you days, man, to download. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Porn, I, man. You better, just, you better plan for, for jerking off a week from now. And I would, I would suspect that if we, if we ever did like a porn podcast and talked about the early 2000s, late 1990s, ev- people would have like very specific exact pornos in common that they were like, oh, I like that one. Because there was really so few that were actually easy to find on LimeWire. You would search like a certain term and everybody would have the same five ones that were uploaded. That, that would be an interesting case one day to to check that out for sure. I, I mean, I haven't done that, but I feel like the the number of porn stars were significantly lower back then. And, you know, Pornhub is such a gift to society or Spank Chain even. <laughs> Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like crypto Twitter, man. Everybody can be a Twitter influencer these days, right? You just yes. go on there, you make make a name for yourself, kind of like porn. Before you you had to you had to put the real work into it. <laughs> you, had to, you had to go on auditions. You, the can't, just, you can't just jump Literally, on spank chain. Oh, I get it. I understand. <laughs> All right, so we ask every guest this question, and I would say like eighty percent of them try to kind of get out of it. Which is funny to me because it's not that it's not like it's a difficult question, but if you could pick five coins that you had to hold and never trade for five years, which ones would you pick? That's easy, man. Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, Zilliqa, Virium. Zilliqa and Virium. Those are the uh, the the okay. So uh, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum. We get a lot. We get a lot of that. Almost everybody picks Bitcoin. Z- Zilliqa and uh, what was the third? Virium. Virium. I, so I know a little bit about Zilliqa. We haven't done a one-on-one on that. I know nothing about Virium. Could you give me the, the elevator pitch? The elevator pitch. Well, it is – we've had Doug on the show a couple of times. Very very good guy, family man, doing his PhD over in Rutgers. Um, he created the coin. It's a CPU mined coin still. They made it so it's only CPU mining. You could do a miner on your, on your desktop. They have something called the binary chain. And, they have, and it basically has Virium and Viracoin as uh, you know complementary pairs. It says the, as Virium is going to be the uh, reserve currency and Viracoin is going to be the spend currency. So Vir- Virium is the proof of work and Viracoin is the proof of stake. And basically they just, you know, kind of atomic swap, flop around the chain together to, you know, act as, you know, reserve and, <laughs> and, and the spend cur- currency. The reason why I like it is, is two reasons. One, I, I am high risk, low market cap. Simple as that. If I'm going to hold it for five years and we're going to see some halvings, we're going to see some new bulls and new all-time highs, that coin has went from, uh, I was I was holding at an average of a hundred or I'm sorry, $1.60 and its all-time high was in 20 bucks or $21 or something like that. So mm-hmm. we're talking about some good gains. Let's see what happens in the next bull. Um, and it has a lot more room to grow because even if at its all-time high at 20 bucks, it was a $20 million market cap because there's only a million or 1.4 million in circulation. I think a, I think a total is going to be mine is going to be like 1.8 or something like that. So that that's really promising for the money. And also, I like the fact that it's you know CPU mine. It's <laughs> I don't know what anybody says about you know the centralization of Bitcoin and things like that. I feel that cryptocurrency and decentralization has to be accessible for the average consumer. If you can't walk into a Best Buy or go on Amazon and reasonably priced at like my my MacBook Pros, okay, maybe MacBook Pros are not reasonably priced, but <laughs> for a reasonable <laughs> amount of money, you can buy a laptop and, and participate into the, the system or the network, then it's going against everything I think that cryptocurrency should be. Well, not everything, but, you know, it's a big part of it. It should be part of, you know, allowing the mom and pop to be able to mine and take care of the network. That's decentralization, right? Right. So anyway, that's what they're, that's what they're doing. Um, Zilliqa, Zilliqa, I, you know, everybody's looking for the next uh, Ethereum killer. Everybody's looking for the next, uh, you know, uh, protocol or what have you. 
Uh, you know, you got to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> Zilliqa says, you know, they're going to do sharding and things like that. And they're, and they're working for it. I had, uh, I had uh, Shinshu, the CEO on the show. And we, I thought he was really, really good guy, uh, hard worker out of Singapore, you know. And I, I think that, hey, you know what? I think that they are – one thing I really when – I, when I look at a project – I like when people are communicative with their groups. It's like, you know, Binance. CZ is always talking to yes. the people. And that's what I like. I don't care what happens in Binance right now, but he's always there. If something happens, servers go down, he's there in five minutes. So it gets hacked, he's there in three minutes. If anything happens, CZ's the front front runner. Same thing with Zilliqa. If, if they say mainnet's, mainnet's going to uh, launch is going to be pushed back, CEO's out there. First thing, hey, we made a decision, launch. Give me shit. I don't care. I'm going to tell you we're making this decision for the business. And that's what I really like about them is that they're responsive, they're responsible, and they're take, they're, they're basically owning it. And so, yeah, you, got, you take my money. <laughs> <laughs> take my money. Do it. The, uh, the little uh, Futurama, future, Futurama meme going on there. Exactly. Exactly. So, so the um, very, very, very. Varium, damn it! I get, Varium or Veracoin? They're the same. Veracoin and Varium. Very okay. Veracoin. So I, because I've definitely seen Veracoin over like you know coin market cap perusings or whatever, and I kept thinking, wait, Varium? I haven't seen that. Is that the lower market cap version of the two? Yeah, that's the, that's the reserve currency. The proof okay, of so work so that one's going to have yeah. a lot less. Okay, yeah, and and CP. So that is one of the trade. We we always talk about trade offs, and the trade the major trade off for Bitcoin is the is the centralization of the mining, and therefore kind of the centralization of the decision making on the network and it's not like lightning network or segwit are making that any better so mm-hmm. it it like we're always kind of looking for the next thing that's going to maintain more decentralization and keep it a little bit better you look at the you, you look at the next i don't know you look at something like dash and it sounds like oh maybe they've got that going on but that it becomes plutocratic in nature and only the people with the most money are in the decentralization so you're Right. There's always a trade-off with each individual coin and finding what you believe is the future and what you're going to what you believe in is going to be the the thing that excites you the most about the crypto space and putting it in your portfolio is is significantly more important than just listening to random person telling you, "Hey, you need to go buy this coin. It's going to go up. I know a guy who knows a guy and trust me." So, so picking the thinking about like what don't I like about Bitcoin or what do I like about Bitcoin? What could be better? What could be worse? And then finding almost the coins that kind of fit that particular mold and, and building your portfolio around that is much, seems like it would be a much better way to do things than, uh, you know, just being, what, what is the, the, there's a stock term for this. Uh, there's bulls, bears, and what's the one in the middle? Um, pigs, they call them pigs where they, I never heard that. Yeah. There's like this old, phrase that's it's bulls make money bears make money pigs don't make sh- or pigs make shit i guess <laughs> i don't I, I can't remember who that that quote's attributed to but i know it's it's been a thing in the past so um all right and i i the reason i say a lot of people avoid that question is because we're asking a lot of people who are either on here as a part of a particular project or something like that and they're they're they'll say yeah well bitcoin and then you know this project that i'm obviously here to talk about and oh i don't really know past that maybe litecoin they try to pick these safe things that like their community won't ravage them right, for right. We'll give them shit about yeah exactly <laughs> they're like oh this guy went on a podcast and said that you know tron was a good coin what is he doing <laughs> man you know i'd be perfectly honest I, I i wanted to avoid that one as well because you don't know what's going to happen in the future kind of like with the aol disc man you don't know what's going to happen you don't might not need those uh thousand hours that you've been storing and hoarding just in case you know yes five <laughs> coins is way too disc. small of a portfolio for sure like if you're buying them never trading and just letting them sit there five isn't enough you know you need to yeah, be a lot especially if you're going with smaller market cap because very Hard to control factors can have a very large impact on something like that. So, the it the a great team and a great project can, unfortunately can only amount for so much as young as the space is right now. So, uh, exactly, man. There's a lot of the, a luck. There's a lot of different factors that's going to go into their success. And to be honest, I I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel, and this is why you know I, I say I say Virium. And to be honest with you, I'm not going to say Virium is the is the best project. These guys are busy. Like I said, Doug is doing his PhD. He's a family man, and sometimes you know that community just falls out. <laughs> it's like, hey man, where, where have you been for the last month? <laughs> um, 
it, and, and it's annoying to be perfectly honest. They, they, I've told them this. I mean, I, like, come on, guys, you're, you're, you're a cryptocurrency and you don't have a mobile wallet. 2018 going 2019, get a freaking mobile wallet. And uh, dude, what are you doing? It's been in development hell for like a year, I think. But anyway, um, I do know them personally. I, I know that they care and they actually want to do a good job. They don't find, they don't find the urgency in, uh, making all of these, you know, uh, big rushes to putting out the next thing and they've told me that person they're like look bear market you start working on it and it just because you're not putting out everything like something new once a month with a new announcement doesn't mean you're not doing something and honestly mm-hmm. the market you have to time the market as well it's not just timing the market when it comes to you know uh, uh investments it's timing the market when it comes to hey is it time to put out a mobile wallet everybody could have a mobile wallet right now and do you need one well nobody's using it so if you have one what what am i going to do with it you know and, and it's the old people in, in the space, you know, that is just, you know, walking around, you know, you have Bitcoin, you have Litecoin, you have all these other, you have Bitcoin cash to spend. What, what are you going to use? So, I mean, I don't know if you feel the same way. And I guess my question to you is, would you rather lose money if you know, say if all, both the coins went to the top, would you rather lose money if you knew the guys personally and knew that they were working hard and they just they just failed? Or would you rather lose money to somebody you didn't know that sold you on 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 the on the dream and then lost your money oh yeah i mean if i'm if i'm picking the two it's definitely going to be the ones that the ones that i knew for sure for a couple of reasons one i can vet them a little bit more and and two like you know there's there's more accountability for them with me personally like they're gonna feel like they let me down so i know that they didn't just skedaddle with the money and shut everything down. So I don't remember what the cognitive bias is, but there's one that that basically states you're going to think the worst of somebody rather than give them the benefit of the doubt uh, as a default. So like somebody runs a red light. Oh, look at that idiot running a red light. You don't think like maybe they have a pregnant wife in the back of the car that's about to give birth and they're trying to get to the hospital and that's why they ran the red light. You know, they right. you, you you'll immediately default to like this person's idiot. So we're definitely guilty of that for some things like Mt. Gox. We don't know the story behind Mt. Gox. We know, we know what happened. We know the money was gone and we know that our narrative in our mind is that these guys probably stole the money. But if it's somebody I knew personally, that would be a lot harder to have that scenario be the first thing in my head. So even just mentally, I'm going to see losing the money to an unknown entity that's just out there and communicating versus a known entity I'm going to feel more comfortable about losing the money in the second scenario because I'm not even going to fall for the cognitive biases where I'm saying, ah, like these guys are just scammers. They raised the money and never really intended to make a product. And maybe they did. Maybe they were going through and maybe they ran into one little thing that I don't understand in code because I don't know how to code. They ran into one thing that they really just couldn't get past. They needed six months to do it. The community wasn't really willing to give them that. They left too much of their coin in their own coffers, and now that coin's worthless, and they can't pay for any development anymore. So it's you don't know which which one it is when a coin goes down. It's really really difficult to see. So yeah, hundred percent with you on that. You want to it, getting to know the like if if Zencash or I'm sorry Horizon <laughs> were, were to go down, and right. I've had Rob on the show <laughs> three times. I love the dude. So he. You know, if that goes down, I'm going to feel a lot better about it than if, I don't know what, like, if Dash disappears. I don't know anybody in Dash. I've got some, but I don't know any of those people. So, yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I guess we feel the same way. So, actually, yeah, man, it's a hard hard question because there is a lot of good projects, a lot of good coins. And, you know, my portfolio is bigger than five coins. Yeah. But I guess guess you had to pick. So, there you go. Three safe and two kind of went out there a little bit. That's good. We we were just we we were just asked on the on the flagship one of the uh, one of the questions for the for the mailbag was uh, what are your favorite coins under ten million in market cap? Well, the truth is I haven't researched any of those coins. Like I haven't ta- I haven't talked to any of those people. I don't know anything about them. So I just went and picked the coin that sounded funny or you know or, or you know we, I don't remember what the uh, the different things that each host did, but they each did something different that was funny and. Uh, that's kind of all we were, we could do with that because I'm very I'm very big. Whenever I don't know, I'm sure you get this all the time where your friends will just send you a message and be like, "Hey, what should I buy? Should I buy this coin or like, this coin?" Would, you, I don't know anything yeah, about either of those, this. bro. I have no clue, man. There's like 2,600 coins. Yeah. I have no clue. I never heard of it. 
Yeah. <laughs> so you don't know it. You know what they're doing? I, yeah, I don't know. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell you how to do your own research. <laughs> that is, that's yeah, the exactly, biggest exactly. skill that I can impart to you. And uh, speaking, that's there. That is an awesome question. So, if you could pick a part of your research process that you feel is unique, where you're like, people never take this step, uh, what would that be? Seriously, talk. <laughs> get a podcast and have them on your show and talk to the guys. Yeah, that that is a <laughs> that is a very very specific step that not everybody can take, but people not everybody can take people can reach it, it. It's definitely a tool to have a successful podcast, which yours is, ours is not yet. We're working on it where you can reach out to you can reach out to them and say, "Hey, listen, come on the show. <laughs> I, I want to talk to you and not tell them it's specifically because you want to talk to them to find out if you should be investing in their coin." <laughs> just. It, and they're more than happy to come on. That's not the reason why, why we have people on the show. That's definitely not. But I am I am Mr. Under 10 million market cap. Right now, I, I, I'm looking at a sumo coin. There's this coin out of Thailand that I was really interested in. And I'm really happy what they posted just the other day. I was looking at them and they were 500,000 market cap. And they are trying to make a, a crypto payment system for Thailand, for street food, street vendors and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to bank basically the the small vendors, entrepreneurs of Thailand. I just got. I just saw their tweet the other day. They're like at 13 million market cap. Oh Bro. wow! So you you found well, out I, about them when they were? Did you did you purchase I, I them? I didn't buy them. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't buy them. I mean, I, I was trying to get them on the coin uh, on, on the show because I was like, man, happy coin, happy coin. You know, they they, they didn't speak any English. They're only Thai. Every time I sent them a message, they wrote, wrote me something back that was kind of obscure. And I'm like, I don't think they got it. <laughs> I don't think they got it. So I've been following them. But I was just really, when I saw their tweet the other day, I was just like, good for them. You know, they're still pounding the pavement. They're still going out there doing it. And they've, you know, 10X'd it. And even in a bear market, they 10X'd it. That's impressive. Good for you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do you a solid here if you still want it. My girlfriend is Thai. She speaks perfect Thai. She speaks perfect English. I mean, you know, like she's been here for 12 years or something like that. So if you want a Thai person to interpret these emails so that there's no communication problems for you, you're more than welcome to to have JJ come in and do the interpretation for you. Uh, how about we do? How about if we both do each other a salad? Why don't we get them on the show? We both talk to them together and see if see if we can get a happy coin, or we could do a show under ten million dollar market cap coins, and we get a couple people on the show and do a mashup. I, I I would love to do that. I can have her. I I can have her start drafting the emails as we speak. <laughs> there we go, man. That, I wouldn't mind to see. I wouldn't mind to see some sumo coin on there and some other obscure coins that are under ten million that might be doing something good. And even um, we had on. Well, who do we have on the other day? Um, uh, AdBank. I think AdBank is also under ten million, and they're doing a, some interesting stuff. At AdBank, they. I feel like I've heard of them. Are they? Um, they're trying to do something similar to like similar to Brave, where they're trying to kind of fix the broken advertising industry and so like that they're trying to but they had a different tilt they're not part of a browser they're ah i i feel like i read about them on I, they like popped up on our cryptocurrency the other day and i got the the quick version but i i'm not i'm now i'm losing it so it was yeah that's exactly exactly they're just trying to fix the broken uh ad space you know we did and i had um angelo of uh AdBank on and he did a 101 on basically the advertisement industry we went through the whole thing how the advertisement industry works who are the people who are the players who are the middleman what's the frauds there advertisement fraud 101 we we talked about did you know that advertisement fraud is the number two most profitable business for criminals really behind drugs yep wow that's that's insane so and so for so so big big companies for example he's, he was talking about Procter Gamble, Procter and Gamble spend seven billion dollars a year in advertisements uh, uh, is what he said, and a lot of it goes to bullshit advertising, one pixel ads that nobody can see and they're charging you for it or ads that are or banner ads that are stacked up and layered in, uh, on top of each other. Basically, really every time you go to, to one of those streaming sites that that streams <laughs> like your favorite show or whatever, and sixty thousand ads pop up. And that yep. that's part of that. And I've always wondered if that was I mean, it had to be profitable because all of them do it. But that makes sense that it's not even something that the companies who are buying ads want to be a part of that. They that they don't want that and that they're getting that shoved down their throat and increasing analytics that in that episode, he, he talked about this one Russia, Russian group 
that made an algorithm to do this so effectively they were making $5 million a day. Wow. And then they were able to leverage that even further and start the Russian troll factory. Check out that episode. Whoever's listening, check out that episode. Really good listen. Very entertaining and tells you all about the ad space industry. 101. Clearly the ad space is broken. Like I 100% agree with that. That I... I really am happy to have learned about Brave and what they've been doing and how they've been, co- you know, planning to combat that. And the Brave browser is ridiculously good. I'm, uh, I, f- I finally uninstalled Chrome today. I mean, it was like, oh wow, that they, the Brave browser can use all the extensions now. So I had nothing left that was holding me to Chrome. Oh man, I'm, I'm still with the Safari browser, man. I am, I'm in the Mac ecosystem hardcore, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I, so I never. <laughs> I never got in. I, I feel like I became like a Windows Power user, so Mac was so hard to switch over to. I could be wrong. I'm sure I could figure it out pretty easily. But I, I, I had an I had an iPhone for a very long time until six plus. I think I had every single one of them, and then uh, and then switched off finally. But that was it. I never I never did the. I, I guess I was always too broke to have a MacBook or an iMac. And then by the time I wasn't too broke to have it, I'd already switched. I'd already switched off it. So I. I was, uh, my life could have been yeah, different if I'd won a poker tournament differently here and there. Ooh, uh, yep. Max cost arm, leg, or firstborn. That's what yeah. <laughs> everybody knows that. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're, we're almost already at an hour. I looked over there expecting that to be less time. Uh, I, that's about, that's about what we normally do on an episode, but if there's anything that you haven't talked about yet that you want to talk about, either, you know, let's do all kinds of plugs, different places that we can find you, or anything that you want wanted to just talk about yet that we haven't covered. No, man, all good. I just want to say thank you for having me on the show. It was a great conversation. Very good to know you. Please, you know, let's, let's do what we just said. Let's get on a show and let's do a mashup of, let's say, top 10 uh coins under five or ten million dollars market cap ten million dollars get some of the guys on there from those coins and let's do it let's do a collaboration i think that'll be a lot of fun um and i hope that everybody you know keeps listening to these podcasts i know that the listenership for everybody's show youtubers uh, youtubers uh podcasters blog writers follows bitcoin almost exactly right bitcoin goes up listeners go up but the people who are listening right now keep listening Help other people get into it. Bring them to your 101 episodes. Bring them to Crypto 101 and, and our 101 episodes to figure out what's going on in the blockchain space. Figure out what blockchain can be used for. If you want more information, go to Crypto101podcast.com. You can join our, our, our social medias there, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Everything's over there where you can come and join a community of about 4,000 people where you can learn how to get into cryptocurrency. You can email me. My contact's in there as well. Press the contact button. I reply to every every email and follow us on itunes subscribe please leave us a rating and you know leave us a comment if you like the episodes and yeah man i can't wait to talk to you more and maybe collaborate and do an episode together i'm excited i'm excited i'm glad you said you wanted to talk to kareem and mike as well because we can definitely get that we can definitely get them involved and uh especially especially kareem he's way more interesting than i am so He's, <laughs> Why wasn't he here then? What the hell? I, he, like <laughs> Kareem will Kareem goes to sleep at like nine thirty p.m. every night. So he, while he may be more interesting to talk to, his life not so much. So he's he's an old man when it comes to he's like seven years younger than us. True story. When I met Kareem, I he had a full beard. I don't know if you've seen him, but he has a full beard. Uh, he was sixteen years old, about to turn seventeen, and he was playing in our poker game, our legal poker game that we were running. I probably shouldn't even say that on air, but. Uh, I carded him because not that I cared that he was under 18 playing in our poker game because it was illegal anyways, but he was I, I he told me he was 16. I was like, you're lying. You're just straight up lying to me and I'm not cool with that. Let me see your ID. And uh, so, yeah, he's a <laughs> he's a, he's an awesome character and we've had him. We uh, we've been friends for a really long time. He it, him, Mike and I are very long time friends and I'm glad we were able to kind of get into this together and would be That's super awesome. awesome if we could if we could bring that over have collaborations and and keep things going so look man that's awesome aaron paul and i are are old old friends too from shanghai and uh we were working in the same company together and i known him you know already eight years so we were working in shanghai together known each other for about two years there he was a dickhead when i met him but we became (laughs) became friends over the years (laughs) 
<laughs> he, he, he was a definite proper dickhead. And then, um, and then, you know, he moved back to the States. We just kept in, kept in touch. And then, you know, when this project came up and we needed a host for ICO 101, he hopped on and said he wanted to get into it. And now he's just, he's taking off, man. He's, he's, he's interviewed some of the biggest people and in, in ICO space and, and he's killing it. And I'm really happy for him and I love working with him. So when you say, you know, you have old friends that are working in the space and, and it's really cool to do what you're doing with them, man, it, it, I feel you. I feel you. So it's, it's a blessing. It really is. And I think Mike and Kareem both have the, the description that you had of Aaron is probably what, how they would describe me. And they're like, well, I was friends with this Brent guy. He was a super dick, but I was friends with him anyway. And, <laughs> and I don't know how we stayed friends, but there we are. So, yeah, it's a very similar origin story. I'm, I'm definitely the, like, the anti-hero when, when it comes to, like, if it's, if it's my own comic book. So, uh, that I, I haven't heard – I, I kind of didn't realize ICO 101 and Crypto 101 were almost separate podcast entities completely so i hadn't heard any of those episodes uh i'm interested in listening to him and learning about a new aaron paul because obviously the the uh the guy from breaking bad is you know he's not doing anything anymore so we don't need to talk to no, him. no 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 he's he's washed up yeah yeah he's yep all right he'll, he'll reinvent him, reinvent himself and come out with like a, a pop album or some shit <laughs> i feel like he tried he tried to reinvent himself poppy when he did the need for speed movie and it just completely you know crashed and burned so oh right i don't know yes, if he's got yes. that in him he, he already tried the uh the reinvention one time we'll see so all right again everyone i'm sure you're still familiar with who this has been but i'm gonna wrap it up this has been matthew aaron from crypto 101 and guess what neither he nor i are giving you any financial advice today this is this is just entertainment purposes only. Please do your own research, and all investments have inherent risk. Check out the Crypto 101 podcast, and look forward to to seeing Matthew again in the future. Thank you, Brent. Thank you very much. At Chubby Crypto, yes, Chub, at Chubby Crypto. That's right. That's my my perfect description Twitter handle that I came up with. I couldn't do Crypto Chubby for obvious <laughs> reasons. <laughs> all right, brother. Thank you all very right, much. Thanks. You have a great day.